Welcome to Messages and More, a podcast channel of Watertown Evangelical Free Church. This channel plays our weekly sermons and other content relevant to our church community. All right. Well, hey, good morning. We are glad you are here joining us for worship this morning at Watertown Evangelical Free Church. My name is Bruce Drugsma. I am the senior pastor here this morning. Um, but we will have the opportunity to hear from somebody else as our very own Luke will be sharing the message. So I would encourage you to stick around for that. Um, it'll be a good time. We are going to do some worship. But before we do that, I'm going to pray for us. So would you all pray with me this morning as we start? Lord God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that we have this opportunity to be in your house, Lord, to worship you. God, in all that we say this morning, in all that we do, in all the words that are shared from this platform, Lord, would you be glorified? Would your name be lifted up and would you be praised and worshiped? God, we give you this morning. Lord, we ask that you speak through Pastor Luke. We ask that you speak through um, the worship team God, through the prayer time, through everything that is done up here, Lord, we ask that your presence would fill this place. We pray this in your name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Watertown Evangelical Free Church. Uh, my name is Luke Job. I'm the youth ministry director here, and we are just so happy all of you guys are here this morning. I'm so grateful to see each of you guys' amazing faces every single week, every single morning. And what I mean by we is us as a church community. Here at Watertown Evangelical Free Church, we are all about helping people find and follow Jesus for a lifetime. And that includes our Sunday morning program that we have here, but also Wednesday night activities as a WANA, as youth group goes on, and also the Bible studies we have on Wednesday nights, and also the men's and women's groups we have outside of that. And another ministry I'm going to talk about here today. Either way, we are so happy you are here this morning, and we're just going to just get to know each other, I guess, because I have not been here for that long. I've been only here for about 16, 18 months. I'm kind of new here, and every time I try to sit in the front row today, my family was here, so I went to sit by them, but I try to meet people every morning, but then I'm left there standing because I'm usually interacting with students, and then most of everyone's gone, and I forget people's faces, but one man face that I don't seem to forget is Mr. Ed Hoseth. If you guys know Ed at all, he is a great, great guy. He has glasses, kind of bald head. I'm not talking about Bruce, but Ed, he's just a great guy. And when I was first starting to attend here at Watertown, I found out about this ministry called Saturday Night Prayer, where every Saturday they do prayer here at from 7 to about midnight every single Saturday for about 12 and a half to 13 years at this point. And I find that so, so awesome and radical because our church thinks prayer is so important and key to our ministry here. And usually Saturday is my date day with my girlfriend, so I'm usually not here on Saturday nights. But just a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of coming here and just being with God one-on-one. -on -one. And I was like, I just need a recalibration and just need to be readjusted with God and sit down. So I sat where actually Craig Schaefer's sitting right over there. I sat, was sitting over there by the lamp where I could see what I was writing, and I was just pouring out all my thoughts onto a note, the notepad and just was like, okay, I had all these things going on. And as I wrote them down and I closed my eyes and was praying about it, God cleared my mind. And I, as I opened my eyes, Ed, Ed usually sits right here in the front row, and he's praying, and he's asking, God, what do you want me to say to the people inside this room, whoever does come to Saturday night prayer? So he stood up, 
and he started to make his way over to me right by the lamp. And he, he pulled up a chair. Me and Ed know each other. He's like, hey, can we, can we talk for a bit? And I was like, sure, why not? And he's like, Luke, right now you're seeing spaghetti roads or crossroads. Like, have you guys ever gone to Minneapolis at all? And there's just absolutely five-lane roads, six-lane roads. There's exits going this way, that way, this way, that way. Whatever it could be, you're shifting, slight right turn this way, slight left turn this way, whatever it could be. And he's like, Luke, I think this is what the Lord has brought to my mind that I need to share with you. Where you have all these different crossroads or all these different exits, all these different lanes you can be taking right now, and he just wants you to focus in on who God is and to be still in his presence and just know that God guides you through all of that. And I know all of us have crossroads in our lives. I know I do every single day from, let's see, that's a voice crack right there. I'm still young. <laughs> um, we all have crossroads in my life. Some of them for me is just family stuff I'm working through. How do I relate better to my family? How do I relate to my friends despite them moving across the country to do ministry? How do I relate to um, my future girlfriend, my future wife, that is? How do I work through that relationship? How do I figure out my vocational calling and my call to be here at Watertown forever or am I called somewhere else? Where am I going with my job? Do I need an extra job? What about finances? I'm in college right now. I need to pay for loans. I need to, oh, I need to pay for a car loan eventually and a house loan and all these different loans. How am I going to pay for all that and all this different stuff running through my mind? And those are the crossroads in my life. And some of you guys have crossroads such as job changes, whether it be by your choice or not, or school changes, because I know some of my students are either going to public school, going to homeschool, going to a different school. New friends. We all have different friends, either for a season, for a reason, or for a lifetime. And we have to figure out that throughout our entire lives. Or our family. We might have new in-laws, new cousins, new kids, new grandkids. Whatever it could be, there's a vast amount of things we can have within our families as well. Finances. There's so much stuff that goes on with finances. And Ed was sharing earlier about all the prayers we have in our church and all the prayers we have in our community. And there's just so many things that go on. Health changes, whether it be what we consume, what, whatever it is, we have a lot of choices that we can make in our life. And that's why, as, I, as Bruce told me to pick a psalm for today, I was like, you know, I'm going I'm to pick a psalm where David feels just like we do where it's found in Psalms 25. You guys can turn that in your, in your Bible here or your phone, wherever you want to turn to. But he is feeling the same way we do. We often look for guidance. Every single day of our lives, we're like, where are we going? And here in the scriptures, David feels the same way we do. So if you guys would turn to me to Psalms chapter 25. And before I jump into that psalm, actually, I'll give some general context. Psalms 25 is all about a covenant for sinners. That's what it's known as by Bible commentators, and also it's probably known that way for the Old Testament people, the Israelites. And a covenant for sinners, a covenant implies an arrangement between two people, two, two entities. That was found in the Old Testament, New Testament, and even today. And in the Old Testament, the covenant was made between God and his people Israel. And his people Israel was meant to keep this covenant by following the law or the Torah, 
which was found in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And for me, I know, I don't know if you, if you guys have ever been Christians before, when I first started becoming a follower of Jesus, I was like, I'm going to read through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I'm going to go through the whole Bible. Well, it turns out um, once it gets to Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it kind of gets tough. But as I was working through it in college, um, my professors and people who I was listening to, there's so much value in that part because Gen- okay. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy was the written law in the way so that the people of Israel, the people of God, could follow God during that time. It was guidelines that God has instructed. And there's a sacrificial system. There was the whole thing going on there. And, and in the New Covenant, Jesus bled and died on the cross for us, saving us from our sin, which is so, so awesome. And whereas in the Old Testament, it was God and his people, and now, it, once again, the New Testament is still God and his people, but now we don't need to make blood sacrifices by sacrificing animals on the altar or such and such. But it's still a covenant implies not only that we bring a sacrifice, and we don't need to bring a sacrifice anymore because Jesus paid for that on the cross, which is so, so awesome, something that we can find hope in. But also we need to humble and broken heart, which I'll talk about later in the psalm. But Jesus references this, and I think this applies to our psalm today, where it says, It is not healthy. It is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous, but sinners. He has not come to call the righteous, but sinners. In Mark chapter 2, verse 17. Jesus says this when he is recanting the Pharisees, if I'm not mistaken. And all of us at one point were sinners. And yes, I know some of you guys are born again believers, which praise God. Because if you were once a sinner, now you are a saint. And you may be asking yourself, well, if I'm a saint, why are there still these crossroads, these spaghetti roads in my life going on? There's these different choices, and sometimes I sin and sometimes I don't. Well, David, a man's after, man after God's own heart, feels the same way we do. And let's, let's explore that in the Bible passage here today, which I'll be going section by section, starting off with verses 1 through 3, in which case we can trust in God, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the point. Yep, trust in God. If you guys would join with me in reading verse 1 of chapter 25. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, for my, not let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Right away, David is talking about how we need to trust in God. He says, in you, Lord, I, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame. Why, why trust? Okay, we're going to talk about trust for a second. I know you guys all trust people. You guys will either trust your friends, family, or your coworkers to do a job. Or you trust the chair that you're sitting in to stay as a chair and hold you up as you're sitting down. We all trust in different things. And I'm not saying, like, I know your relationships, but I have found myself where I am trusting my friends too much or trusting other people too much, and often they fail me. They often let me down. But here, God never lets you down. God is the only one you can trust in because he never lets you down, which I'll explore more the reason why that is in a second here. But why, why does David say 
He says here, Do not let me be put to shame. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Why does he say that? It's because David at this time is the king of Israel. And Israel is supposed to be God's people according to God's word. And there's all these other enemy nations around them, and they're supposed to be trusting in God. The God's people are supposed to be trusting in Yahweh. But all these enemy nations are trusting in foreign gods. And David's like, Lord, I know I've trusted in you time and time and time and time again. He's putting his eggs in one basket. He's trusting God's, won't, God's basket will not fail. And it won't. But he's feeling the same thing we do, where we, we wrestle with God. Where we're like, God, like, can I trust you during this time? Because I feel like I've, I've been let down by other people, so why, why would I trust you? And we need, we need to know that David felt the same way. This is a very personal God that, that David's speaking to, and I believe David is speaking to us even more because if we read in verses 4 through 7, we can walk in God's way because we trust in God's way. If you guys would join with me in verse 4. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all the day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For Lord, for you, Lord, are good. Right there. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. David, as he's trying to figure out how to trust God, he's asking God to guide him. And and for me, I relate to this. I've been driving for about four years now, and I'm sure many of you guys have been driving 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or maybe you haven't been driving yet. But I find myself trusting my driving ability because I'm a good driver, you know? Some people may disagree with that, uh, but that's okay. Um, either way, I was driving in Minneapolis the other day. I was in Minneapolis for about 10 hours on Monday because I was helping set up a state fair uh, booth. But it was like 10 o'clock at night when I was driving back home from Minneapolis to Watertown. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was pretty difficult because I had my GPS up and it wasn't, either I wasn't paying attention or it was like not calculating at the right time. But I took, a, like, I took, I went straight versus taking a slight right. And then it made me do those four leaf clovers, you know, where you do this like the roads, I had to do three out of those. So I went, woo, woo, whatever, how you, however you do it. I had to three of those, added about, I don't know, a minute to my time. Then a couple, about 10 minutes later, actually, it was, <laughs> I did a slight left turn versus a slight right turn. And I, I thought I was doing the right thing, but then it added an additional 10 minutes of driving in downtown Minneapolis. And then another thing happened to where I was driving, instead of taking a slight right again, I went straight and added an additional five minutes. And I say all this because David, a man after God's own heart, had been walking with God until this point. And yet he's still saying, show me your paths, Lord. Show me your ways. And in the same way, I, I've been driving for four years, and David was following God four or five, however many years at this point. And we need to pause and ask God to still show us the way. Even though you're experienced and you're a born-again Christian for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you still need to pause and ask God to guide you. Because it's not that, it is that one-time decision you made 
so many years ago. Great. Praise God that you are accepted in the God's family and you've accepted him in your heart. But it's also about how you're doing now. How are you asking God to guide you in your everyday life now? And that's what David is asking here. We need to ask the same thing. We have all walked away from God at some point because it says here, even David says it, do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Right there. We've all walked away at times, and I know I'm younger than, not all of you, but I, I'm a little bit younger. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on my youth stage yet. Um, Alicia has often talked to me about this before. She's like, Luke, when I was your age back in college, I would not be at a church or at, like, being a pastor right now. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a calling. And like, despite my youth, I still remember my middle school and high school days, how I do need to be better in some ways. And it's just a daily thing, going back to God every single day. Even when you're in college, even when you're in early adulthood and parenthood, if you become a parent of kids, even to older ages as grandparents or just even to your elderly stages, you still need to ask God to show, me, show you your ways and be like, Lord, forgive me for my past, which goes on to knowing who God is. And this, this jumps back into trusting God, trusting who God is because God, his character, who, he is, who God is. If you guys would read with me in verse 8 of Psalms 25. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. Right here, I wrote the attributes of God down that I could from this passage. It says, God is good, which means he is good. You guys all know what good means. He is upright. He is righteous of good standing, a good judge. He instructs us, he guides us, he teaches us like a good teacher or a good shepherd would in our lives or a good mentor or a good parent or a good grandparent or a good person in our lives. They guide us. He is loving, so, so loving that he sent his one and only son to die for us on the cross. He is faithful. God is oh so, so faithful. And that even in the times where we may be unfaithful, this was me a couple weeks ago, I don't know if Craig and Jenny are here at all, but I live with Craig and Jenny Gilbertson um, in their little basement. Like I got the going on there. And I was sitting outside in a lawn chair that was kind of breaking apart. I was sitting there re- reading my daily Bible time, and I was like, dang, God, this has been a week. This has been a week where I have at some points been unfaithful to where you have called me and unfaithful to who you want me to be. And in that next line in 1 Corinthians, I think, chapter 12, verse 9, I'm not sure. Let me make sure. Yep, 1 Corinthians, no, 1 Corinthians 1, 9. It says right there, God is faithful. As I was contemplating my mind, God works in not so much mysterious ways. He does, but he often works in obvious ways. Where I was sitting there, I was like, God is faithful. And in that moment, I began to weep because I was like, even when I'm unfaithful, God is faithful. And we can trust in that. We can trust who God is because I, I listed some of the attributes that David listed here in the passage, but God is almighty way more than that, more than words than I can ever describe. And we can trust in that because it's written here and also 
by my own experience and by, I'm sure, Bruce's experience, Bethany shares, Alicia's, and multiple other people's experiences. I'm not saying experiences trunk the, the word of God, but also put your, grab your experience and add scripture to it. That's what's so, so cool. I was talking to Ed last night, too, that the power, the word of God is so, so powerful. And I'll bring that up later as well. Let me get a drink of water here before we get on how know how God forgives. Yeah, I talk, I talk fast and my mouth gets dry. I think it's also from my musical days because I, I was talking to Bruce before this and I was like, I don't need a microphone. He's like, but you do because then people online can hear you and also people in the back might not be able to hear you. That's a good point. We have to know God forgives us in verse 11. I just chose one verse for this because that's how I was broken up in the commentary and I think it fit right into the message. But for the sake of your name, Lord, Forgive my iniquity, though it is great. When David is writing this, Jesus wasn't around. It's, he was around. He was God in, in three and one. But he hadn't come to the earth yet to die for our sins on the cross and save us from death. But David right here, he, he, he understands that it's a lot more than just going to the temple at the time and making an animal sacrifice and be like, okay, I'm done for the day. My sins are forgiven for the week. We're good. It, it's more than that. David understands that it's about a heart posture. It's about how David approaches God with a humble, broken, and contrite heart as Bruce outlined a few weeks ago in Psalms 51. That's one of my favorite Psalms. It's just, Lord, it's, Lord, forgive me and you desire a broken and contrite heart. And David knows that. And I hope you guys know that as well. It's Jesus forgives us. Yes, praise God. Not to continue in sin that grace may abound evermore, but that we know that God forgives us and therefore we go with him humbly and say, Lord, forgive me. That humble heart posture, that heart posture that's so, so amazing. And this, this next section, it might throw you for a loop here, but let me read it for you guys. Verses 12 through 15. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in his ways. They should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Right there are those who fear the Lord. <laughs> okay, okay. Time out, Luke. Time out, time out, time out, time out. You're, you're talking about fearing the Lord here? Okay. I, I'm guessing a lot of you guys know what fear of the Lord is. But nevertheless, when I first read this as like a young middle schooler or high schooler or whatever I was, I was like, fearing the Lord? That, that doesn't sound right. Why would I fear God? Like, I should have a healthy fear of God. But like, in this context, I was like, what does the word fear even mean? Because in our American context, it means horror movies. And I know a couple of my students love watching horror movies at sleepovers. But it's not that. It's not that fear. It's a different sort of fear. It's the Hebrew word, let me get this right, yira, or yira, I think it's pronounced. And that word means to have an awestruck wonder of God and a respect and reverence towards God. It's not about fearing him and, and cowering in fear. It's more having an awestruckness, an awe, an awe of him, and a reverence towards him, and a respect of him. That's what fearing the Lord is all about. And you may be saying, well, that's great, 
and it is. Because of who God is, we can have that healthy fear of the Lord. And not only have a healthy fear of the Lord, but in that healthy fear of the Lord, we fix our eyes on Jesus. And I'm guessing a lot of you guys have been in church circles before, and you know all about fixing your eyes on Jesus as it is portrayed in, I don't remember, it's probably multiple Gospels, but you guys know when Peter steps out on the boat and Jesus is walking on water, right? Give me a head nod if you're following. Yeah, most of you guys are following. Good. Um, but Jesus is walking on water, and Peter's standing over here. And Jesus is like, come out of the boat, Peter. Come out of the boat. Come, come, follow, come follow me. Come, come out to me. And that's the Luke translation, like NLT, New, New Luke translation. Um, he's, he's saying that, and Peter's like, oh, okay. And he's fixing his eyes on Jesus, and he's walking towards him. He's walking on water. But then all of a sudden, he starts to f- not direct his eyes on Jesus, but he points it to the storm around him and also the waters below, and he begins to sink. And that's how we are in everyday lives. Because here, David is feeling the same way. He says, My eyes are ever on the Lord, for he only will release my feet from the snare. Peter got caught up in the snares of life, just as I'm sure some of you guys do, because I, I sure do. There are a lot of snares, whatever that could be. It could be just like flat out, okay, last week, I was preparing the sermon on Tuesday. I was preparing before, of course. And Crown contacted me. They were like, Luke, you didn't fill out this form on this one thing. And I was like, oh, I did two times. And I sent a screenshot. I emailed to my professor. And they're like, mm, no, you didn't. And they wrote a lengthy email. And I, I would, they just like outlined the disappointment in me and like how I hadn't been paying attention in class and how I wasn't a good student. I was like, oh. and this was right before I was, I was meeting with Bruce to go over my rough outline. I was like, what, what, and that's just a little snare. And I'm sure you guys have snares on, in your life as it could be, I mentioned this earlier, different, different spaghetti roads, different crossroads. You could, be, you could be driving an I-94 and then there's a crash. Let's say that crash is like you lose your job, you, your car breaks down, you, you don't have enough money for rent, whatever, like your, your child dies, whatever it could be. You're, you're injured, you can't work no more, and you try to swerve out of the way. But that, that crash, that, that snare, that thing going on in your life still affects where you're going. And I'm like, dang. But here, if we, David realizes this, my eyes are ever on the Lord, for he only will release my feet from the snare. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And that goes on to my next point. The reason you should fix your eyes on Jesus and walk in his ways is because God is personal. As it reads in Psalm 16 through 22, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, my, my hope Lord, is in you. Deliver, deliver Israel, O oh God, from all its troubles. This is a personal prayer by David, this whole psalm. And I often have read this before bed, this one in Psalm 51. This is a personal prayer by David. 
Because I, I feel this way. Do you guys ever feel lonely? Because I sure do. Especially now this is my first time living alone. And yes, I do have Craig and Jenny upstairs. I can go to them anytime. But this is the first time I've never had roommates and never had family who live with me. And I, I come home after youth group some nights, which is like 10, 11 o'clock at night. I sit down on my couch and I'm like, dang, I kind of feel alone. And I'm sure you guys have felt that way. And, and I've gone to actually crown chapels before where I'm surrounded by all my friends, all my buddies, you know. I'm sitting there, I'm like, I still feel alone. And, and I believe David feels the same way, but as it was recanting in the song that we had earlier, I wrote that down because that really spoke to me, is that we are not alone. We are never alone because God is always with us no matter what. I hope you guys remember that. And also, have you guys ever felt afflicted? Ever had troubles in your heart or anguish? Affliction again and ever felt in distress? Ever felt that you've been surrounded by enemies, whether it be spiritually or just people that are just, just crashing into you constantly? This is how David feels. And throughout this whole passage. Our hope is called to be in God, as he says right here. May integrity and uprightness protect me. But right before that, no, right after that, actually. Because my hope, Lord, is in you. If we know God, we should walk with him in our everyday lives. That's what we're all about here at Watertown Evangelical Free Church. We are about helping people find and follow Jesus for a lifetime. It's, not, it's about here and now. Yes, it's all about here and now, actually. As, it, as it's written in the Lord's Supper, actually. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, guys. It's about daily walking with Jesus and trusting in him and knowing who God is and walking in his ways. It's knowing who God is in the daily and walking with him every single day. And I, I really want to stress I do care about the decision you made 5, 10, 15 yesterday. And thankfully, I had three people at the five-day club say their first yes to Jesus. And that is so, so amazing. Can I get an amen? Come on. Come on, guys. That is, that is amazing. Three people at the five-day club started their walk with Jesus. And that might have been you 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And that was me a couple years ago. But it's about what I'm doing now to walk with God. How is your daily walk with God doing? And I'll invite the worship team up here as I um, close the message here, or God does, that is. Is that I believe we can live this out every day together as the body of Christ. And if we walk in the way of Yahweh, we can walk and bring his kingdom to everybody. Because here in Watertown, and Watertown, Montrose, Delano, or Norwood Young America, or even outside of this space, wherever it is, Craig Gilbertson brought this up to me multiple times. He's like, Lord, no, he told Luke, he told me, Luke, Luke, I want to put outside the sanctuary that the mission field starts now. Because that's, that's what it is, honestly, guys. And it's all about bringing people along with you to follow Jesus for a lifetime. Yeah, it's about you following Jesus for a lifetime, 
but it's bringing people along with you. Bringing our community who needs Jesus. Watertown needs Jesus more than anything else. Because I, I walk around these streets sometimes, and I'm like, dang, we need Jesus. And I, I'm not the only guy to do it. I'm sure many of you have prayed for this community and prayed for this town or prayed for wherever you live. But this town needs Jesus. And we just need people to know Jesus. That's what it's all about. So that's, that's about all I got prepared. Um, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. But just remember that the lifetime walk can start today and it can continue forever. And you can bring people along with you to follow Jesus for a lifetime. So thank you guys. Thank you, Luke, for sharing from God's Word this morning, and thank you for being here. And as we go out today into this glorious day, I would encourage you to take with you Luke's message of walking out of here and continuing down whatever that decision is you're facing. Would you pursue Jesus in that decision? And a couple of things that we do have going on that could be something that Jesus is calling you into this week. Uh, we partner with uh, Haddon Anderson and his church, uh, church plant, and they are doing a toy drive. And so there is a bin in the office. If you ever want to bring in some toys and drop them in that bin, uh, also check your email for more details on what that is and what that entails. Uh, we'd love to participate with that. Another thing, I'm going to speak specifically to the women here in the room. Uh, Shamana does their Rejuvenate Women's Retreat. We have a group of women going from this church. If you Maybe you're facing something, you just need to get away. Maybe you have one of those spaghetti roads and you just aren't sure which direction God is taking you. Uh, I would encourage you, take time to step away. Uh, go in and join the other women at Camp Shamana. Uh, take some time out to be encouraged uh, that way. And then finally, we do have our fall kickoff coming. Didn't Bethany's video do just a great job just highlighting what God has done and what God is going to do? Uh, get plugged in this fall. Whatever you're facing, get plugged in. Get plugged in in youth ministry. Get plugged in into a grow and gather group. Get plugged into a small group. Get plugged in somewhere. Uh, kids ministry, I know, is looking for some people. Specifically with our fall kickoff, we are looking for some people to help set up, some people to help grill, and some people to help clean up so that we can make that event something welcoming to our community and as such, please invite our community. If you have neighbors, friends, family members, uh, please invite them into that as an opportunity to encounter Jesus, maybe for that first time, or maybe to follow and keep walking that road with Jesus. I'm going to invite Luke to come back up. He's going to give us our benediction this morning. So I was thinking about it before, well, last night, actually. I was like, what should my benediction be for tomorrow? And the great man, Ed Hoseth, gave me a verse before I left Saturday night prayer last night, and he's like, Luke, remember Psalms 119, verses one, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God is always guiding you and always there for you. You are never alone. Peace be with you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Messages and More, a ministry of Watertown Evangelical Free Church. To find out more, visit us online at wevfree.org.